How do you grow in faith? It might be a rhetoric question or it might be one calling for you to heckle some answers. How do you grow in faith? Let me hear some thoughts. How can we grow in our faith? Listening to God, prayer, reading the Bible, worship, fasting, sharing with other people, keeping the Sabbath, praying together, and many others. So I'm launching, introducing a series of five weeks on spiritual disciplines, how we grow how we grow. And the list that you've given to us, we could name and list so many that would take us through the whole year. So we're just drawing out about five here just to guide us. If you recall, last year I was sharing vision for us um, for the next 18 months, return, renew, rebuild, and go. And the focus of the return and the renew, especially the return, is for us to return to Jesus. That's the call. In Revelation, Jesus says, return to your first love, to that place where it all begins. What is it all about? It's all about Jesus. What does that look like? What does that mean? And so a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place of devotion, all those things are what God is calling us back to, back to him. He desires us to be, he's so jealous of us. Do you see how the Ten Commandments are put together? He shall have no other God but me. He is jealous for me. God is so jealous for you, James, if only you knew it. Jen, you think David is? Well, God is. Maybe more than David. He is more than David. He is jealous for us. And so he calls us to come back to him. And that's what this is about. Those spiritual disciplines help us to come back to that place of growth. We've read from Psalm 23. And so over the next few weeks, here are some of the ones that we'll be looking at. Today is guarding. Guarding. I'm going to be talking about guarding. And after that, there'll be something on giving. There'll be something on observing, stopping and noticing what God is doing. How about journaling? Is anybody a good journaler or documenter? It's amazing how we have this Bible put together by those who are observing and journaling and documenting, and so we we have it, and we have a lot of other things that we love to read, because somebody did that for us. And then there is participating in a community of believers, because we know that this church is not only run by the wardens, not only run by the flower team, not only run by the preachers, not only run by the worship leaders, and the list goes on. It's the body of Christ. Everybody has a part to play. So we'll look at that at the very end.
And so for this morning, I'm focusing on guarding time, guarding our hearts, guarding our boundaries, and there's a longer list there. Growth is found, St. John's, when we practice protecting those things, those moments, those spaces, those return, renew spaces, the ones where we meet and connect with God. Do you remember how God called to himself Moses in the crowd, in the busyness of the crowd and leading away from the crowd to Sinai that he would reveal himself to him? Do you remember how Daniel, who was that amazing dreamer and seer who spent those times alone with God on his own, praying daily, There is something about getting back to those places and girding them. Jesus offered an invitation to his followers to guard their hearts and minds. And he does this, if you see in Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 6, there in that story of feeding of the 5,000. Remember the account? So the crowd is gathering and they're gathering with all the disciples together in the busyness of the crowd. And he's, been, he's ready to perform the next miracle. I love Mark's gospel because it's full of, and immediately, and immediately, and then suddenly. And the next thing is such an action-packed gospel. So it's so busy. And in that busyness, Jesus calls the disciples to come away from the crowd. To step away from that busyness and, that, and the action the busyness of the cars whizzing past you, Maureen, in that busy motorway, in that moment, to find space with God. And that's what Jesus did all the time. He said, and he withdrew away from the crowd. And he stepped away from the crowd. That From that place, he was then able to come back with them to serve and feed those 5,000 who were hungry and needy. Somebody said that um, the most active servants of Christ cannot be always upon the stretch of busyness, but have bodies that require some relaxation, some breathing, some recovery. The analogy of a good farmer who will allow the ground to recover. Because if you keep, then it won't produce as well as you want. Even you, the mighty Tara who is able to do all things, if you're on the go, 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 your productivity level drops. And so you need to stop and recharge those batteries and start again. And that's the rhythm That's the rhythm of life. The mighty God, our mighty God, who made and created the world, rested. Jane shouted out, Sabbath. We learn from him because he did it first. He rested. He stopped. Not because he was exhausted, but actually that he was teaching us. That's the rhythm and the cycle of us being able to do our very best. The psalmist writes about God offering and leading us to a restful place. We've read this. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. Or I want for nothing. It's the assurance of him as that good shepherd. That shepherd who cares. Thank you, David. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you think it's a mistake that the word green is used there? It could be any pastures, but green pastures. Pastures full of life. Pastures that will nourish you and allow you to be refreshed. He leads and guides us to those places. So think, and maybe mention it to the person next to you. What, what are your life-giving things? What things give you life? Okay, so you're going to work with me here in case you drift off. Now, talk, talk to the person next to you. What things give you life? What, what things do you enjoy doing? If you're a Man United fan, yesterday was a good day. See, what I like is as you're sharing, you're smiling. As you're sharing, you're smiling. Well, most of you are. Or some of you might be sad that you're not able to do those things. Which actually is also good. It's a reality because he leads. The Lord knows what we need. And sometimes, maybe for a long time, we've been looking forward to going to certain places on that long bucket list. And then God allows us to do those things. Namely, Alice, ask her after where she's been. But then you, the Lord leads you to that place of refreshing. And then you come back and you're renewed, energized, smiling, happy. Without feeling guilty that you've gone away. Actually, resting in the knowledge that your good shepherd and father invites you to come to him. All ye who labor and are heavy laden and he will give you rest. I know that as I say that, there are those who have had rest, but there'll be many who are longing for those things that will bring joy to you and you're not having them. And so there's a prayer that the Lord will be able to lead you to that place of refreshing, whichever way that looks. And that might be good health, healing, Restoration, he restores my soul, says the psalmist. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, about guarding our hearts, guarding our hearts and our minds. Whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, all those things, fix our eyes on those things. That's then where our minds are renewed and transformed. Verse 3, we're singing it this morning, weren't we? Do you remind me of the melody? Even though I walk. Thank you. Thank you. Gita and Maria are on, on good form at the front here. 
um, his rod and his staff comfort me. Do you need comfort this morning? The good shepherd wants to offer that to you. And sometimes the things that we need comfort for, we cannot share with anybody. But he knows and he sees. And so he wants to meet us in those points of our need. He is an assured presence. That's what the rod and the staff, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that his presence is there with me. There's that confidence that the psalmist has in him. Yes, it's scary. Yes, they've called me in for surgery. Yes, there's all this. It seems really dark and scary, but I know, says the psalmist, that he's been there for me before. So he will be there for me again. That's the confidence that he has. Growth is found when we protect our time, our hearts, and those moments, those spaces where we meet with God. Now, we meet with him all the time, consciously and unconsciously, but there's our part to play. Jesus, it says in his lifestyle, got up early in the morning to be with his father before the disciples. So his closest was the Father and the Holy Spirit. And then his disciples, the three and the twelve, before then going out to all the others. I remember, um, Jane might recall this. So we used to have morning prayer when I was at St. Gabriel's at seven in the morning. So that was okay to do when I was with um, just Rachel and I. Once a week... Morning prayer daily. Was it daily? It was once a week. But that was on a Tuesday at 7. Now, just Rachel and I, yeah, 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 don't think about it when you're leading. Then Hannah was born. Now, in the way that I work or operate, so like many of you, you're kind of thinking, ooh, sleep, salt as you... You know what? Yeah, sleep kind of goes down a bit, and and then where do you find the space to be with God on your own, and then be there for the family, and be there to lead and do all the other things. If you're if you're in school as a teacher or whichever job you're running, and your hours in the day seem like they, does everybody have the same amount of hours? In the day, sometimes you ask. Some people seem to have more hours than the others. No, we all have 24. Retired or not. And some retired people seem to have less hours when they're retired. Many of you who have come around to see seem busier now than you used to be when you were not. Can I see you? Yeah, I can see you. I can see all of you. And, but when you've cultivated that habit as a rhythm, it doesn't matter whether it's a job or it's your family situation or whatever it is, it's about, it's that space and time with God that you can sit down in the car and say, my response in this moment is, God, how do I do it now? I can worship him now. 
queuing up to watch Leicester City play. You think, I can, you know, in this moment, in the queue, before I get in through the gate, says Dave Paulson, I can find space with God. Or other ways. But how do you guard those times? What does that look like for you? I know what it looks like for me. I know what the rhythm and pattern of my week looks like. And I know what my mentors or spiritual directors will tell me, Sam, they'll ask, have you had? I say, I might have forgotten it that week. Have you had time off there? Have you had that? Have you had that? Have you that? And you think, oh, now let me just, now those rhythms help us to be productive. Does Jesus not say and teach about pruning? Do you know that in John's gospel? Those trees or plants that don't bear fruit will be cut down. But actually the pruning then helps the flourishing of the plants. For us as St. John's, for us as individuals first, how is God calling us to grow? How is God calling you to grow? How will you attend to his word on your own? Do you use an app? Bible app? Bible in one year? You version? I know growing up, what we used to have, um, scripture used to produce a whole lot of materials. So we had God and me at an early age, then daily power, then daily guide when you're older, and it keeps changing. You remember some of those old ones, every day with Jesus, daily bread. Do they, are they still there? Some people are nodding. So what, what do you use? How do you read your Bible? One way you can do this, spirit-filled, pick it up daily and say, great, the Levites. And then you go through that, Gashanites, Ararites, done. Sorted for today. Tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Where are we going? Oh, yeah. Don't like that. I'm not a fan of Paul. Andy preached on that last week. So how do you do it? Because... Otherwise, you can pick and choose. It's a bit like meals, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Broccoli today. No, I'll skip the meal today. Sprouts. Mm. Chips. Oh, yeah. How, how, how do we grow? So those routine disciplines that it is breakfast, whether it's porridge, and I don't like porridge. It is porridge for breakfast. So we'll have porridge. And then it's lunchtime. And then it is tea time. And it is dinner. So I need those things so I can grow. I need to sleep. What's your sleeping time? Is your six or eight hours or seven? What do you do? Or you just say, we'll sleep and wake up. Now, it's okay to, to go with the flow. But sometimes those routines and disciplines help us. And they make a difference. And I think 
the spiritual disciplines, that's what they're about. It's guarding those times. Guarding those times. I recall working with somebody who then helped me slot in my daily calendar lunchtime. So it blocked out. Because they knew I would just keep going. Oh yeah, Marilla would like to see you 12 o'clock. Oh, and at least 1 o'clock. So if you leave it to me, I'll just do it like that. I'll say, oh yeah, Maria, when can we meet? And before you know it, it's 7 to 8, to 9 to 10, to 11 to 12. Because I love church and I love God's people. Jesus did. Before ordination, somebody reminded me, just remember, you're not the Messiah. The Messiah came and went. So he's the one we are serving. So you cannot, you cannot meet everybody's needs. And that's true for all of us, for all of you. So how do we allow ourselves to be as productive as can be? How do we allow St. John's to reach out and be all that God has called St. John's to be? It's by cultivating some of these disciplines for ourselves. Spiritual disciplines... Because God is interested in the whole person. He's interested in your eating and your sleeping and your waking. God in my breathing, there in my waking, be my everything. We sing. He's interested in that. Exercise. Some of you are very keen on the gym. I can see you. As I look around, others are keen runners. When you do exercise, it's said that your muscles then need time to recover after you finish. Otherwise, they'll then get injured. As we exercise our souls, and our spirits daily, and as we serve and move into those places of operation, we also then need to recover. And sometimes we can do that on our own, and many times we can do that together with others. I'm finishing with this because this is a top, top, top priority for me, and I think for us as a church this year, connect groups. High up. If you ask me what is high my agenda, connect groups, call them cell groups, home groups, life groups, growth groups. What other name have we called them? They are groups. They are small groups. Basically, it's the opportunity for us to grow and learn together. And Jesus modeled that because he worked with the crowd, but he met together regularly with the 12 and with the three. So, you can do life alone. But actually in a group with others, there's a space for accountability and a place to learn together, to study together. So let's see. This is the, might be a moment of embarrassment, but that's okay. By show of hands, we've done this before. And it's okay because it's a family. Who is part of a home group? Well, I say it's better than it was the last time I asked. Most of us. <laughs> Don't look around and see the ones whose hands are down. I've already said that. I've given it away. Okay, put the hands down. <clears throat> Who would love to be part of a home group but isn't yet part of one? 
Well, I was hoping that all the hands of the ones down were going up. Okay, keep, keep them down. Now, we need some new home group leaders. Now, when I use the word home, you think, I don't really want to meet in somebody's house. There are groups. The key thing is there are groups. So we can gather together in different ways. Some people will go out for coffee. Others will go out running. Others might meet in a pub, in the playground. Different ways. The point is that away from a Sunday, huge gathering like this, you can sit down with a smaller group and attend to God together and encourage each other. So one of the things that we'll be doing is writing to you the joys of the database. As we've got all your details, which is wonderful. So we'll write to you and just encourage you if you would like to join. There's no pressure, but there is kind of pressure, but not. (laughs) So it's my duty and responsibility to put the pressure, but I'll do it gently. But I'll still put it. So encouraging us all, if we can, be part of a group. And how that group operates is different. Some people meet on Zoom, others meet in homes, others will have a structure of saying, when we meet, we go through a Bible study and pray together. Others might say, we just have a social once a month. Whichever way you do it, let's find ways of encouraging each other away from the gathered space like this. And that's a discipline. Disciplines, um, yesterday I watched, I shouldn't really be enjoying too much Man United play, but I loved this post-match interview. They asked one of the players, the strikers, or they actually asked the manager, this was Marcus Rashford, go Dave Connick, I knew you, yeah, okay. Dave Connick and I both support Man United. Anyway, they interviewed the manager and said, we thought you were going to take off the striker, Marcus Rashford, because he was in pain. Why did you keep him on? And he said this. He said, in top sport, there has to be pain. There has to be sacrifice. If you want to celebrate with all those people who are up there and see, oh, they've won this, won the other, won the other. Those people play through pain. They don't feel a little niggle and then, oh, I want to come off now. With all the money that they're paid, they keep going. So that was an interesting one to think, oh, Where was I going with that? That we encourage each other. And sometimes you, the disciplines mean that we get into a habit of doing things. Sometimes it might not be comfortable and we might think, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't feel like praying today. Oh, going to church today. Oh, it's another prayer meeting. But we keep going. And that's what discipline is about, isn't it? I don't really feel like eating today, but actually it's for my good. That's the encouragement. I want to finish by just praying for us as um, I pray. Have a think about maybe something that you would like to start doing in terms of carving out and guarding space with God. And it might be a struggle But I want to pray that God by his spirit will help each one of us to commit to doing at least one thing. So I'm not going to invite you to stand just now, but just quietly on your own.
just reflect. Lord, I want to pray that you, by your spirit, will help us. Help us to commit to you. Help us to return to our first love. And to remember, it's not something that we do in our own strength. But you, by your spirit, help us to do this. I pray for each one of us here. That you help us to guard those things that we enjoy. Those things that bring us life. Those things that bring us nourishment that we will grow in you. But Lord, I also pray that you will challenge us maybe to some of those things that we need to sacrifice. Maybe it's a call to fasting or whatever it is. Lord, I pray that you will help us even as you challenge us because you're a good shepherd who cares about us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll finish with one song. We'll finish with In Christ Alone. But... um. Just to say, if you're here for the first time, again, you are welcome to complete a welcome card. It will be at the back. Paul's got one, um, and Anita and David, so do take one of those. If you would like to give today, we've got a collection box, again, at the back, and you can also give contactless giving is also available there. And as I said, if you wanted to give something towards Olivia, um, there are some envelopes at the back there. But why don't we stand our prayer, prayer of blessing, and then we'll sing our final song. So Lord, we thank you so much for meeting with us today. And we ask that even as we leave, we pray that the blessing of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit will dwell with us and all those whom we love and care for now and always. Amen. Amen. Um, just to say that tomorrow, tomorrow there's a funeral here and I can see Isabel platings here. Um, so Isabel, give us a wave. Isabel's husband, Richard, um, passed away just before Christmas and his funeral is taking place here. So do have a chat with Isabel when you see her at the end and pray for her. But let's sing together in Christ.